from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, welcome to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. I'm Melody. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we are back again to talk all things media. I'm really excited to dive into this episode. It's going to be an awesome one. But before I do, I want to make sure that you're aware and that you take some action for us. Yeah, that's right. Action. I'm talking to you. If you enjoy what you're hearing on the Screeners Podcast, do us a huge favor and go to iTunes and subscribe. If you're listening on your browser or you're streaming us some other from other some other source, it would really help us out if you could go to iTunes and subscribe. It would be really great. And while you're there, check out our show notes that are written by Josh. They are fantastic and funny and great. You'll get a kick out of them. All right, guys, let's start the show. Jump, jump. All right, for our first jump cut this week, we're going to go back to the land of Alien and Prometheus. We just learned that in the past couple of weeks, Prometheus 2 officially got a new title. The movie is called Alien Covenant, and the fast track for this project ended up pushing back Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5 to a yet-to-be-determined time so that Scott's new plan for his Alien franchise can continue. Scott himself said that it's a very complex story, and it's an evolution of what I first did with Prometheus. So my question to you guys is this. If you'll remember with Prometheus when it first came out, there were hints of the alien world kind of around the edges, but Scott himself even said this may or may not be the beginning of Alien. It looks like he's now backtracked on that and is going full steam ahead into uh, the connective tissue to bring these two franchises together. So my question is this, did you like Prometheus and are you now excited about what seems to be a full trilogy leading into the Alien universe? So Chris, I know you're a big sci-fi fan. What do you think about this news? Yeah, you know, Prometheus had some really great moments in it, but I wouldn't call it a great film, for me anyway. It felt like a little bit of a mess, uh, but there were some moments that were genuinely fantastic. Specifically, there was a sequence in a medical bed, if you guys remember that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a really fantastic moment, Uh, and there were a few others that were peppered in there it really great filmmaking there's no doubt that it's a you know a master behind the lens but for me prometheus never really i felt like like you said chad he was skirting around well maybe this is or maybe it isn't uh, in the alien uh, vein and maybe we are or aren't going that way and i think the end of the film pretty much confirms it for anybody who was unsure so i'm guess i'm glad that he's finally going to make a film that is specifically a alien prequel and just you know have it all out but at the same time i'm not sure it's a necessary a necessary thing to to do the movie will have to justify itself i guess and i'm not i don't know enough about it at the moment other than just the name of it and what he says his idea is or his concept is so we'll see. You know, again, it's Ridley Scott. He yeah. does really good work. He does. So and, we'll and find out. He does. And so as I go to Daniel, I'll modify my question, not only my question about what your thoughts were on Prometheus, but 
one of the things that Scott said is he was surprised that people never asked him the question, where did the alien come from? So part of his motivation to doing this new series is, uh, and I'm quoting here, he says, when we're finished, there'll be another, when, when we're finished with this movie, Alien Covenant, there'll be another one, and we'll gradually dive back into the entrance of the film in 1979. So in other words, we're going to answer, why was a space jockey here, and why did he have an alien inside of him? So my question is, do we really need to know? Do we want to know? What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely not. There's no reason for this. <laughs> Look, I love Prometheus. I really do. I, I think it is a great film, actually. Uh, it's, not, it's not perfect by any means, but it's, I think it's a really solid movie. Part of the reason I enjoy it so much is that, that it's, not, not, uh, it's not a prequel, really. It's just, it's just a film set vaguely before the time of Alien in the same universe, and so it just sort of hints at things that, so you know it's part of the Alien franchise, um, which I liked, it, it, because I think everything that Scott said in that article, everything you just read, sounds so stupid to me. Why, <laughs> in making sequels to Alien, a film that succeeds on mystery and succeeds on uh, not knowing a thing about this creature, yeah. uh, why in the world would you want to know more about it and, and know where it came from what kind of a question is that where who gave birth to it what do you want to know like i don't understand so uh no i think everything he said is stupid uh but i love this film so <laughs> we'll All see right. where it goes D- D- daniel's saying there's a reason why nobody asked you where it yeah, came from it. mr scott because nobody cares my Seriously. question would be how could you write a dumber scientist than you wrote in prometheus if you'll remember from our review of Prometheus, the people, the scientists do the dumbest things in history. But I also agree Prometheus, for me, I thought was probably the most, one of the most beautiful movies I had seen in several years. Just stunningly gorgeous in 3D. But eh, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a great movie, but I thought it was pretty good. What about you, Melody? Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I agree that I we don't really need to see any of this, but I, I can be mildly hopeful that it will still entertain me, even though it's not necessary. Uh, I, I liked Prometheus more or less. More or less. <laughs> okay, Which one I, is this? I feel like I feel like didn't it have like deep theological discussions that that erupted from it? Somewhat. I feel like yeah, I feel like that's what my memories are of. I feel like my memories I call it are more reaching, reaching philosophical and theological discussions. Right. I feel like my memories of the film are more of those discussions than they are of my caring about the actual film. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. For whatever that's worth. Okay, that's fair. Although I don't think that if if we had to put the label necessary before a movie, um, I don't know that we'd be getting many movies because they're especially in our system today. But, uh, Josh, do I dare even ask you, do you know what the movie Alien is? Have you heard of Ridley Scott? I have heard of these things, and I have heard of Ridley Scott. I have not seen any of the original trilogy, and I've seen maybe, you know, 10 or 20 minutes of Prometheus, enough to be intrigued, not enough to actually go back and finish watching it. Mm. Someday, I, I might do that. I might you know, is this someday that you speak of? Is it happened. like when you're in your hospital bed and you literally can't move <laughs> and you're you are forced to watch these? When is this someday that you're speaking? This of? is going to be a great time for me to catch up on watching things. That's exactly what I mean. And now you know my plan. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, I have I to say, long-term disability insurance for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. 
All right, so one of the biggest news stories of the past few weeks was the release of the first Captain America Civil War trailer. This is obviously a huge movie coming out next year, and so lots of people are talking about the trailer and screen capping and doing all sorts of crazy things. So I figured we could go around and just give our basic opinions about the trailer and what we thought. So let's start with Chris. What did you think of the trailer? So here's the problem is I... I'm in. If, <laughs> even if they never released a trailer, I, I'm in for this movie. I'm excited about it. And everything about this trailer made me more excited about it. It just, it really does look like a logical sequel to uh, The Winter Soldier, which I still think is one of the very best Marvel films. Just really great. Uh, you know, the stories that Captain America can tell, he could really very easily be a super cheesy, not very good character. But there are some moments, there are some looks that Captain America gives here in this trailer that, you know, he looks heartbroken and, you know, you can tell he wants to defend his friends, even if it means having to attack or hurt or fight some other friends. He, he, he's so willing to stand up for what he believes in that it may obviously come to war, which is obviously what the title is saying. And so, man, there's some really cool moments in this trailer, specifically the, 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 the fight at the very end with Tony and Bucky and, uh, and Captain America with the sword, with a shield going back and forth. That fight just looks crazy awesome i i cannot i cannot be more i could not be more excited about a film than i am for this and for batman versus superman so uh, this just looks incredible i i cannot wait all right well chad are you in i'm not gonna be in like chris there are very few i mean chris chris is a lover of loving things and but Lover of loving. Things. He just loves love. I am a Very lover of loves, loving things. Loves loving things. I'm going to put that in my profile now. It should be on your tombstone. Chris was a lover of loving. That's it. Just give me credit. So, so I'm of two minds about this thing. Number one is there's the trailer like as just a trailer. I don't think this is a great trailer. I think for sure the last 20, 30 seconds of the trailer – where we actually get down to some of the confrontations that are going to happen is is very, very exciting. The first two-thirds of it, I thought, are just kind of okay. Where I am very much engaged is that I think, I think Winter Soldier is not one of. I think it is the best Marvel movie that's been made, and I think the Russo brothers did an amazing job. And one of the things that they did was bring a sense of realism and a hand-to-hand -hand kind of combat aesthetic that works great for the character of Captain America and it looks as if they're carrying that over into this film yeah. so I'm much more excited about this than I was for Avengers Age of Ultron I think this movie is going to be amazing although I didn't love this trailer and I'm I'm very much like Chris I don't need to see anything else so I'm going to try to not watch any more trailers with this because I'm I know I'm going to be there because I don't want I was I love the moment at the end of this trailer so much that I want to have some more of those experiences unspoiled when I get into the theater so and I'm, there I'm, are there are a lot of spoilers to happen in this movie sure I, I'm already ugh, yeah. yeah yeah and so I'm staying away from it but yeah I'm totally I'm totally in for the movie for sure although I didn't love this trailer okay all right well Melody what did you think I have I have a little bit of a difficult time mustering up the the gumption to care too much about this anymore. I just feel like I'm I'm just not in it with you guys as far as loving all of these Marvel movies. I I watch them, I enjoy them, you know, 
sort of. Uh, 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 the trailer was fine. It doesn't get me super excited. It doesn't get me super not excited. I like the whole idea of this movie. I don't. I'm not super excited about because I don't. I'm just not one of those people that likes to see my favorite heroes fighting each other. I just. I don't get the appeal of that. This is going to be ah. a great year for you then. <laughs> I know, exactly. That's I have to watch it all year long. So, I, no, I'm not really that excited about it, to be honest with you, but I'll see it. Wow. That's all I got. Sorry. I like it. <laughs> okay, and I have a feeling uh, we have a very similar opinion coming up next. Josh, what did you think of the Captain America Civil War trailer? A way to spoil my review here. <laughs> so sorry. I uh, I literally just watched this trailer just so I could talk to you lovely people about it. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I as far as... I'm kind of in the same boat as Melody's been saying for, what, like a year or two now that superhero movies are... We're about at our limit for what we can take as superhero movies. But mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of... I don't have a lot of history with the comic books themselves, but I think there's thematic material in the Captain America story that could be interesting to explore, and the trailer makes it look interesting. It it makes the pace look a little more deliberate than some other Marvel movies we've seen recently, Mm -hmm. which I like. I like a little bit of deliberation as opposed to fight scene after fight scene. That said, like, uh, like... Chad said the fight scene the big fight scene does look great and yeah I will see this movie I think I can't remember whether I've seen both of the Captain America so did you see Winter I've Soldier seen a, I've seen at least one I, I'm thinking no I haven't seen the you good should, one I think you yeah, should you check it out to. it's really um, great it's, it's a political it's le- thriller it's legitimately really excellent good. Yeah. yeah it is I you would, if that's I, on streaming anywhere I'll have to check it out it may be. It's been long enough but now. But before honestly. you do that, can I suggest that you see Schindler's List first? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm holding off from my deathbed for that one. That's, that's okay. one that I like to be depressed right before I die. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Josh, bringing the happiness. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, definitely more in line with Chad and Chris on this. I actually... Unlike Chad, I thought it was a really great trailer. I thought it was really a better trailer than most blockbusters, specifically yeah, ba- Batman versus Superman, I, which I didn't think was that great of a trailer. Uh, even Wait, hang on, hang on. Movie. I agree with that. I agree with that, you, Daniel. Really? You think this trailer is better than Batman versus Superman, the newest one? Definitely, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to agree with you in some areas, Chris. Can you just uh, give me a second here? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. Go ahead. So no, I, I, I yeah, I, everything you guys said is exactly right. The action feels really visceral and real, just like Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm in. The ending fight scene looks incredible. So yes, I, I think this is uh, going to be a fantastic movie, and I think it feels natural, like a natural progression of the storyline that they've sort of been building to. So I definitely have higher hopes for this than uh, the way Avengers Two and Ant Man turned out. So yeah, here's hoping it's good. Now wait a minute, you didn't like Ant Man? Is that what you're saying? Were you on the podcast? Did we talk about that? Yeah, I did not like Ant Man. Or I mean, it was okay. Did I? Uh, did it sound like I meant something else? Daniel, I think no? you're hurting his feelings as well. Did I no, stutter, I'm, Chris? Did I? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, I, I like to have that. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but Chris is a lover of loving things. <laughs> All right, that, that was my first podcast when we reviewed that That's one. Right. So I think you might not have uh, uh, attacked right. me as much as you. That's otherwise true. Have. I went easy on you. I pulled my punches. <laughs> now, not so much. Welcome to the main event. 
For the first feature in tonight's main event, we start with Creed. You're not built for this. These boys come in here, they gotta fight for life. People die in the ring. Your daddy died in the ring. I don't know him. I ain't got nothing to do with me. I've been fighting my whole life. It's not a choice for me. Every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody showed me how to do this. I'm ready. This picture's from the 10th round of the first fight, right? I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo behind closed doors. Is that true? How do you know all this? I'm a son. A great fighter once said, it ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. This guy here, that's the toughest opponent you're ever going to have to face. I believe that's true in the ring, and I think that's true in life. Now show me something. The IMDb description of Creed is as follows. The former world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. Creed is unofficially the seventh Rocky film, although it's a, a standalone piece, uh, I guess in the expanded Rocky universe, if you will. And it marks the return of Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, the iconic American character. And what I'd like to do tonight is Melody was unable to see Creed, so it'll just be Josh, Chris, Daniel, and myself. The boys. And, uh, just the guys tonight uh, watching a little boxing movie. Yeah. And uh, what I want to do is first, just very briefly, uh, tell us about your history with the Rocky franchise, and then we'll jump into your thoughts about Creed. We'll keep the first part spoiler free and then do our spoilers at the end. So let's start with Daniel. Daniel, you're the youngest among us and the first Rocky actually came out way back in 1976 when I was one and you were like negative 27 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so let me, uh, let me ask you, what is your history with the Rocky franchise and where does Creed fall into that? So I really, really love the first Rocky film. Uh, I, I wasn't really, I don't really have much of a history with the Rocky films. I, I wasn't like raised on them or anything. You know, I love the first Rocky film. I've watched it many, many times. Uh, the rest of the series, I've seen all the films probably once each. So I don't have a lot of history with the rest of the series. But I do love the first Rocky very much. So I went into Creed. After watching the trailer, uh, I thought the trailer was great. Uh, I think the idea behind the movie is great. Fruitvale Station, I really enjoyed. So I, I knew the director, uh, Ryan Coogler, would would make a great film. So I went into it expecting to like it. I, I had pretty good, pretty high expectations, actually. But even with those high expectations, they were completely demolished. They were blown away. Uh, I loved this film so much. I, I was blown away by how much I liked this film. The performances were solid all around. Even Stallone, who, he, you know, he's not exactly known for his acting ability, but uh, he, was, he was really great. He kept the character of Rocky really fresh. And, of course, Michael B. Jordan was just fantastic, as, as he usually is. The movie is just really, just completely enjoyable throughout. Uh, the movie calls back to the, rest of the, uh, to the rest of the Rocky series in these awesome ways, but they never feel cheesy at all. It references, the score references the original in really great ways. 
Um, and the boxing scenes, you know, we, we, we have so many boxing scenes in history. Uh, we, even this year, we had another boxing film, uh, Southpaw, that was terrible. But the boxing scenes in this, in this film were incredible and really well directed, particularly Creed's first real fight. Honestly, I might call it one of the best boxing scenes ever in history. Ever. Uh, so I, good. It was so incredible. good. It was absolutely incredible. Mind-blowing. The film is emotional. It's real. The dialogue feels completely true. The characters feel completely real and authentic. Uh, and authentic in a way that you don't really see in movies. It was just sort of this intangible authenticity. It's hard for me to describe. They just felt very, very real. Uh, there was only one, one moment in the entire movie. Uh, that I wasn't a big fan of that we can talk about later. Uh, but other than that, literally just that one single moment, I had an incredible time with this movie. So um, there's also one thing that I wish had happened in the film that didn't, that we'll also talk about in spoilers. But, uh, but other than that, I thought the film was absolutely incredible, way better than it even needed to be. And you need to see this movie. It was absolutely great. All right, so Daniel hated it. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, uh, where do you fall on the Rocky uh, spectrum uh, with the original series, and, and what do you think about Creed? I had a very good friend um, while I was in middle school and high school who was obsessed with Rocky, and we watched those movies quite a bit. I really enjoyed Rocky Four, you know, uh, I must break you. Just because, you know, Rocky, you know, the first one is a great film. You know, obviously Academy Award winning film, you know, it was a great movie. But uh, Rocky Four was just really entertaining uh, and, and, and wonderful. Creed, um, for me, I, I had no expectations of this movie. In fact, when I saw the trailer for the very first time, I kind of rolled my eyes because, I mean, you know, the, the Rocky series had become uh, really kind of ridiculous. Uh, the sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel. And then we got like Rocky Balboa in 2006 when he came back. And, you know, there's just a lot of just like, it just seemed like it was no longer grounded that Rocky was more of a superhero. And we probably really shouldn't go back there. But Creed seems like it should be called Rocky 2, if I'm being really honest, or Rocky three, maybe I should say, um, just because, um, the events in the first and second film and the events in this film are so intricately connected. It is, it's actually wonderful. Uh, if you have any connection with the Rocky franchise and especially with Rocky, uh, the first one and, and the second one, Creed is going to be right up your alley. Um, it is sentimental in the best ways. Uh, it is well-directed, just like uh, Daniel had mentioned. I was, uh, especially in that very first fight sequence, I don't know if this is a spoiler to say or not, but it's one continuous shot. I mean, obviously, they, they did that creatively, I'm sure, but it just... I've never felt like I was in the ring before. Most of the time you get one of two ways of showing this, whether it's like a really wide angle out of the ring or it's really kind of rough cut and shaky camera and all that stuff to feel like, you know, you're gritty. But this was a really steady camera in the middle of the ring. You could, you knew exactly what was happening. You felt every punch Man, it was visceral in in every single way. So if you're looking for a well-made 
story, a, a fantastic kind of hero's journey, I guess I would say, uh, learning, um, being back in the world of Rocky. And also you're looking for a great like sports movie. I know there's always been, there's so many sports movies out there, but the, what this movie does is really good at, at what it's trying to do. And it sets out and it accomplishes every, every bit of, of uh, uh, every goal that it has for itself. And I was impressed. I had no expectations. I knew very little about it. I didn't watch anything but the, the trailer. Daniel had mentioned something that we should go see this and we should definitely review it and talk about it. I appreciate that, Daniel, because otherwise I really wouldn't have seen this movie. It didn't seem like I wanted to. Um, but after after watching it and and uh, experiencing this film, and it is an experience, uh, I was impressed in the best way. So I liked it a lot. It was a great time. It really was. All right, we have two recommendations, and will we have a third? Uh, are the odds in in our favor, <laughs> Josh? I'm nervous. Tell me about uh, your relationship to the Rocky franchise and what you thought about Creed. May the odds be ever in your favor, Chad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, so big surprise here. I don't have any connection whatsoever to the original series. Um, have I seen any of them? No. Have I seen any parts of any of them? I don't think so. I think maybe they showed a clip or two on the wall of this movie, like there were pictures. But other than that, so any homages or send-ups or anything other than the score, which of course is burned into my brain as an American. Um, <laughs> America. America. All the other homages were lost on me, sadly. So I had to go into this with a blank slate, and I think I accomplished that. I didn't really expect to either like or dislike it. I knew I liked Michael B. Jordan. Um, I still need to see Fruitvale Station, but I yes, saw him in Parenthood. Yeah. yeah, I do. It's on Netflix now, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. <clears throat> Yeah, I need to watch that. So I liked him and, you know, Stallone. I figure he's kind of like Mickey Rourke. He's an old guy who could probably beat me in a fight, but uh, <laughs> I don't expect to understand a word that comes out of his mouth. I wasn't very disappointed in that regard. <laughs> so the film overall, like, didn't let me down in any of those aspects. It's the it's a perfectly predictable American underdog story as long as, you know, you like your underdogs to start with an inherent advantage in their life. Stallone was fine. Michael B. Jordan was good. Uh, but I'm going to have to say, like the movie, all, all the things you guys said about the movie itself was, are right. It's, it's a very well-shot movie. It's a very pretty movie. It's, but the story itself, like I tried to make The Hunger Games about a messiah complex and about vigilantism. And as I watched this movie, I couldn't help but take a step back and say that if we as a species can't stop throwing millions of dollars at people for hitting each other in the face, I don't know how we're ever going to make a case to the alien invaders that they shouldn't, you know, destroy the planet. <laughs> you walk out a creed like shadow boxing in your head, but that's because it's tapped into this primal instinct that we all have that we should have evolved past by now, but we haven't. The next, the next sequel in this, if there is a next sequel, I'm sure is going to be about, Adonis's transition to MMA, which is just as brutal or worse than boxing. And I don't know. I just can't get behind blood sport or how we think of it as a culture and how we glorify it. 
no matter what kind of allegorical role for the human spirit it's supposed to be playing here, which is <laughs> a ridiculous claim wow. in its own regard, but we'll get into this later. Wow. It is a good movie, and if you like watching people hit each other and <laughs> watching what that results in, then yeah. you know, you're gonna like it. You're just you're gonna like it because people hit each other a lot. And so there's that. So Josh so is a well a shot fan. movie. It's a very confident movie, but I don't see how it helps us as a culture to keep to keep these as our heroes. Josh is looking forward to the Will Smith fronted movie Concussion. Concussion. That's right. Yes. In, That's right. And theaters the this truth. Christmas. Tell right. the truth. Josh, Tell the truth. Josh is not a fan of the sweet science of boxing. Sweets. All right. <laughs> wow. It is called that indeed. I know. You're just not a fan of sport, are you, well, Josh? So there's this, no there's there's no sport. I, I'm here. sad to admit that I did see the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, and yeah. every fight in this movie was much better than that fight. Well, that's true. Oh, well, so yeah. can't we just make them all fake like that, and no one actually gets hurt, and we're all happy, and everyone goes home richer? Yes. The social commentary brought to you by Josh Ziegler. He's here all week, folks. <laughs> the thing I like it. You are not coming to the podcast for this tonight. You're I like welcome. it. I like I've it. got spoilers too. If if you want to. Later oh, we, on, oh, we talk will. about how my philosophy blends into the spoilers part of my review. I like oh. it. <clears throat> okay, I can hardly wait. <laughs> All right, well, so here's the deal with me as it relates to the Rocky series. I have a poster of Rocky hanging on my wall. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Rocky is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, the second Rocky is not as good, but it's not it's not substantially worse. It's It's also extremely... Well-crafted, well-acted. I really like it. The third and fourth movies are what I would classify as fun. They're silly, over-the-top entertainment. They're really reflective of the era in which they were made, honestly. Uh, if you look back at the 80s and sure. 90s, very of uh, the Cold War with Rocky IV and three was the excess of the 80s and all that. Uh, but they're really kind of mindless, silly, but still entertaining for sure. The fifth one does not exist in my world. It's just a. It's the only truly horrible film of the bunch. Uh, I just don't, I don't like Rocky five Rocky Balboa. I thought in 20, what was that? Did you say Chris? 2006, 2006. I thought that was a, a true return to form that was more in keeping with the first two. And I really enjoyed Rocky Balboa. I thought Stallone's performance was good and it was nice. I, and I surely thought that was the swan song for Rocky. I, I didn't think, you know, we'd have any more. And so I've watched these movies, even three and four, conservatively 30 times a piece throughout my childhood because they were played on television a lot, on HBO a lot, um, and it's just what we watched. And so I, I've loved it, it's So it's going to be impossible for me to review Creed objectively. I'll do the <laughs> best that I can. But I have an innate love of the character of Rocky Balboa. Not, not the fighting, not that, but just... Just this iconic beat down man who started late in life and just wanted to prove that he was worth something in in a way that Josh finds uh, reprehensible. But I, I love the character of Rocky. So when I heard about Creed, I didn't care who directed it. If if Stallone was in it, I was in. And then when I found out that it was going to be directed by Coogler, uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed Fruitvale Stations, which was in my top 10 list that year. It's a marvelous film. 29-year-old director, eminently talented. I, I was, I just, I could not contain my excitement, and but I also didn't want to set myself up to be let down. And so 
the good news is that you know I am in agreement. I know to no one's surprise with uh, <laughs> with Chris and and Daniel. In as much as I just love this movie so much for, for primarily two two reasons. One is. The composition is just simply stunning. It's the best boxing I've ever seen in a movie, hands down. It's not even – the one shot obviously is stunning. We talked about that. It's not necessarily in the final fight realistic boxing, but the way that it is shot and the way that it is choreographed is is so – involving as an audience member you literally feel as if you are in the ring and I know lots of fight films in the past have said that but this is the first one where I actually felt like I was in the ring I could feel the tension and what each person was going through so I, I loved it but mainly what I loved about this outside of the direction which I think is stellar here and it wouldn't surprise me if it was nominated for an Academy Award is the performance of Sylvester Stallone, I think that he evokes such a sense of pathos that it broke – it just broke my heart to see just with the small moments, the little nuanced responses that he would have, the character felt like a real person who had lived such a, a hard life and is now in this – you know, the, the ending phase of his life. And it just felt so grounded that the fight, while – exciting and thrilling was almost secondary to me as much as I just loved spending time with the mentor, mentee, however you would say that relationship between these two characters. And I actually like how it subverted the genre of of Creed being just a rags to riches thing. And it was more like he had to make this decision and walk away from those things because it's for whatever reason, he had to find his own identity, and that was his own motivation, and I liked that. There's so many moments in this movie that when we get into spoilers, I can mention them specifically, but to, to give you an example of how uh, unobjective I am, in the scene where Rocky goes to the to the graveyard and sits down with his Adrian and, and his former trainer, Mickey, he, as soon as he sat down and started reading, I was like, immediately choked up, right? And so people that don't have a history with the series like I do, as deeply as I do, it, it might be a nice scene, but for me, I'm so emotionally involved with the character already, even before I see this movie, that I'm just predisposed to be like, ugh. So I'm like getting choked up already, and I'm like, oh man, I'm in, I'm in trouble here. So thankfully, I can say that anybody, you don't have to have that level of relationship to love this movie because it is so well made, it is so well acted, and Daniel is right. It, it's so much better than it deserves to be. The fact that just the the callbacks to the series are organic. The it's exciting. It's well made. I mean, what I don't know what else you can say. I, I, I expect Stallone will probably get nominated for an Academy Award. I think Coogler may as well. Cinematography possibly. They're just it's just wonderful performance upon wonderful performance, which just goes to show you that when excellent people are involved. You can take a story that has been told a hundred times before and still make it compelling. So I loved it, loved it, loved, <laughs> loved, loved it. I want to see it again. I want to eat it in my face. It's so great. I just can't. I just, I just loved everything about it. Chad, you're the lover of loving. I'm the things lover of episode, loving things. So. This, that, <laughs> there I'm, you I'm, go. I mean, it's just like little things. Like, oh shoot, we can't even talk about it. Uh, so we'll get into spoilers in a minute, and I'll, I'll mention some specifics. But I, I just, there's so many moments in this movie that are moving 
and exciting. Uh, Daniel mentioned the score. There's a there's a thing that happens in this movie where you first hear the score for the first yeah. time. Yeah. I clapped and awesome. cheered. I clapped and cheered out loud <laughs> yeah. in the theater, it was, and I was it, not alone. I wasn't alone. It, no, it was genuinely good. It was one of those goosebump. I mean, it, it, come it on. earned it earns everything it asks of Definitely. the audience, oh. which is. Normally in these kind of movies where it's been years and years and years and they know they could just go for the easy, cheap kind of, for lack of a better word, hit. Yeah. Um, every Rim single w- yeah, every single one of these uh, pay off so well. I mean, they do a great job. They, they really I, I can genuinely see that they cared about these characters, the yeah. writers, and this wasn't just about, well, let's just see how much money we can squeeze out of the Rocky franchise, which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, it really and it's, was. it's really fascinating. Yeah. This director, um, from what, I, what I've read, he's only 29 years old, who ha- said he's had this idea in his head for years and years, I think because he also grew up loving the Rocky character. And this movie really does kind of feel like a love letter to Rocky Balboa. Yeah. It, it really does. Man, the opening scene too was are you instantly knew you were in for something that was going to be emotionally grounded and something that was going to be different than what I was expecting. It was going to be about the character, not necessarily about boxing, um, which, yeah. you know, which was good. Like, you know, I, I didn't really want to watch a movie about boxing. Right. I didn't really care. But, the, the, you know, it opens in a juvenile um, detention facility. Um, and just that opening scene, it's it's one of those continuous shots again. It just follows down through this, you know, thing that's happening in in the juvenile detention, and you realize, oh man, this is something that's going to be handled with care. Uh, yeah. It was it was good. It was yeah, a good. And good one place of to... one of the tropes of the Rocky series is melodrama, and this sure. there's there is there's a good dose of the old melodrama in sure. this movie as well, but. When you have buy-in to the characters and the world feels real and it feels earned, then it works. And when melodrama works, man, you got you've got the Rocky score. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. Uh, any other thoughts uh, about this before we move into spoilers? It sounds like uh, let's just go around. If there's not any, we'll go around and make our recommendations to see it or not. And then if if we don't have anything else, we'll jump into spoilers. Anybody? Nope. All right, Daniel, the, what do you the think? Screeners, the screeners would like to acknowledge that the proper complement to mentor is protege, despite the recent movement to make a mentee a word. Mentee is not a word. Protege is a word. Thank you, you know, Josh, anything, for that. Anything Although is I've a word. Mentee anything is a word. Like thousands of times. Oh, I know. Life. No, it's, it's, it's a thing now because people have reanalyzed the word mentor and they'd say, well, if someone wants to ment, there should be someone who is being ment. There is someone who is a mentee. Mentor <laughs> why are, why are comes from a Greek name. It is a person. Mentor was a person. I like it. And he had Josh, a protege. Josh, does, no, no, does no. I'm done now. No, I'm no, done. No, no, no. Don't be done. done. This is why. No, seriously. I does appreciate this. Yes, it does. I will it not say mentee so anymore because I hate it because I always – I hate that word. But I protege. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. This is a public service announcement. Oh, and my it's, gosh. We've, we have just helped people. <laughs> oh, and I man. thank you. Wow. <laughs> So back, and I'm not even kidding. So thank you, Joshua. So, uh, but now let's go to Daniel. So Daniel, uh, what do you say? I approve of the word protege. Oh wait, no. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, yes, you need to see Creed. Hurry and see it in the theaters. Uh, see it on a huge screen. This movie is an experience. It is so much fun to see on a big screen. Uh, it's fun to see with a crowd, yeah. especially. I don't know if it might be too late to see it with a big crowd, but try um, because it is so much fun to experience in a theater. Go now. It is, uh, Chris. 
You know, honestly, I'm going to separate myself a little bit and just say, I, I think this is a really great movie for a certain kind of person. I'm not sure my wife would have enjoyed this movie as much as I did. I mean, again, you know, I, I'll never know. I don't want to speak for her, but I feel like uh, if you're a fan of the, for better, lack of a better word, rags to riches uh, hero story, and you are kind of a sucker for that, and especially if you have any kind of affinity towards the Rocky franchise, this movie is for you. You're going you're gonna to really have a great time. Uh, as, as far as necessarily needing to see it in a theater, I don't think that's necessary. I didn't see it in a crowd. I went to go see it this morning at 11 a.m. by myself, <laughs> uh, and I had a great time. I was like, you know, there was four people in the theater with me. I had a wonderful time. So I'm not, a cert- I'm, not, I'm not sure you necessarily need to see it with a crowd. But if you have any affinity to Rocky, if you like those kind of stories, yeah, this is, this is one of the best. You, you're not going to get better than this. Josh? Can, let me, let me sorry, interject real quick. Sorry, right before Josh. Uh, to, to Chris's point about um, his wife maybe not liking it, uh, let me just say that my wife has never watched any of the Rocky movies. I sat her down to watch the first Rocky film before we saw this one, and she yeah. w- did not really like it at all. She hates boxing, hates blood sport, just like Josh. She just thinks it's stupid. She oh, cried She cried in this movie. She, was, she loved this movie. She, I was blown away at how much she loved this movie for as much nice. as she hates boxing and hated the first Rocky. So Yeah, uh, yeah. I, again, I, I shouldn't speak for her. That, this, that, it's not for me. <laughs> Trust me, that's not what I Why mean. stop now, Chris? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. No, I was just giving my wife as an example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I, I'm, I'm just saying. I feel like for a certain group of a certain group of people, they they sure. might not enjoy this movie as much sure. as we do. You know. What okay. I mean? Yes. And speaking of that certain group of people, Josh, what do you <laughs> exactly. Think? Yes. Um, I'm glad to be the outsider here. No, well, let me say, um, we'll go into spoilers and we'll talk a little bit more about this rags to riches thing you're talking about, Chris. I'm but, just using that as a trope. I don't mean that this is literally that. I just it's a trope that is used. It, it, you're right. It, it fits into that genre, but in a strange way that maybe, maybe right. we'll talk about, I, maybe we won't. That, that, that's what um, I mean to say. I don't mean to say it is a literal rags to riches. So don't yeah, mishear that's, me. That's true. I have to admit that hearing you guys just be so effusive about this movie <laughs> has, in a way, reminded me of the good in this movie. And that it, it was. It, it had its melodrama moments. It had its emotional connection that wasn't really necessary from from a boxing movie and from a Rocky movie. But it went ahead and it did it, and it came across as human, even if even if some of it felt a little sideways to me. Um, and again, I'll tell you why later. But all in all, it was it wasn't Hunger Games. It, it, it had a good script. <laughs> It had a decent script. It was shot very well. If you take the blood sport out of it, I might like it a little more. I don't, but that had its that was very much a part of the story. Um, in seeing that and its gritty realism and all that nonsense, so it's overall it's a good movie. All I don't right. know. I don't I, know if I. I'm going to put that in quotes. Out. If you're going to see it, if you're going to see it though, you. You kind of maybe should see it in the theater. Oh my gosh, just I can't believe of the it. Kind my of heart is, is breaking with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it's this time of day we're recording this. I don't know. Someone yeah. that's 
like Rocky has in his end of life struggle mm-hmm. has broken my heart and I have I like it gone over to his side. No, I don't it was you know, it's fine. Go see it. I don't care. Man, good, good, his good. performance was so good. There's well, a moment. Ugh. Yeah, we'll talk about some of those in spoilers. Ugh. So, so for me, let me also not before before we before I give my recommendation, which will be no shock. Michael B. Jordan is excellent. He's excellent in this movie as well. He brings a physicality to the role that is required to make it believable. It is just a. I think you should see it. I think you should see it in the theater um, because it is so gorgeous, and because the fight scenes are so. Uh, stunningly crafted that I think it's even amplified that much more on the big screen. Uh, and I'll also say it as of today, it's made almost $70 million against a production budget of 35. So it's a, uh, it's profitable for sure. And it foretells of a great future for Ryan Coogler. I want to see what he's going to do next. And I'll also say too, that even if you don't like boxing, in my opinion, this film does a wonderful job of making it, making the boxing almost secondary to the lives of the people and the relationships that they have in this movie. And that is why I love these movies so much. The boxing is a great way to jump up and cheer and, and, and et cetera, but it's really a MacGuffin. Uh, it's, it's about these characters. And, and in particular, Sylvester Stallone, I think, brought such a level of realism and, like I said earlier, pathos that I just wanted to hug him every time I saw him. And it was earned. It wasn't, it wasn't cheesy. So see this movie, see it on the biggest screen possible, and see it as soon as you can. That's Creed, and let's go to spoilers. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. So Rocky gets cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was actually one of the one of the notes that I had was his response just on his face without saying really before he says any words when she tells him mm-hmm. he has cancer brought me to literally brought me to tears. Yeah. yeah. That was literally excellent. brought me to tears because you yeah. see him process, you see him think about what his wife went through and you see him literally just say, okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to fight it. And yeah. you see, oh, that didn't really work. You know, I, I, oh, so good. So good. I really do think he, he, I, I think it's almost certain he'll be nominated. I honestly think he has a chance of being, uh, of winning the Academy Award. Uh, really? I really do. That things are going his way. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, I don't know who he's who he's going to be up against yet. But if and everybody, it's so subjective judging art anyway. But if the idea is to convey emotion, or not even that, if to if to get out of the way where you don't believe that you're watching an actor, this is the outside of the first one and maybe some some moments in Rocky Balboa. It's the first time where I didn't feel like I was. I thought I was watching Rocky. I didn't yeah, see Sylvester yeah. Stallone. So uh, the the thing that I wanted to happen in this movie that that didn't end up happening, and I I, I think I get why. In fact, you guys might not uh, want this to happen either. I don't think people would like it, but I would love it. 
it since this whole film is passing the torch, right? You know, uh, Rocky gets cancer and he's struggling, and Donnie has to take care of him. I think the perfect way to truly pass the torch. Uh, would be for Rocky to die, honestly. I think that would have been great. And, and, you know, the movie's no worse for that not happening. I think it's a fantastic movie. What's wrong obviously. with you? You want to kill Rocky? Yes. Yeah, yes. Daniel. Dude, First San Andreas, and now you want to kill Rocky Balboa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're <laughs> out of the screen. No, I think that would have been so, uh, uh, honestly, uh, like sort of a beautiful thing for like Rocky's story to end, and now Creed is a new generation. Because now it's hey. still Rocky's story. Like it's still like, it's not really Creed's movie. It's still the Rocky. Honestly, I don't think, I think that that would have taken away from what the story they were trying to tell. Then it would have been the thunder. More. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's why it didn't, I, I, get, I get why it didn't happen. I feel like if we get Creed 2 and it opens with them at the funeral, I wouldn't feel cheated. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't feel. I feel like that that moment is not necessarily necessary in this movie, and maybe would have taken away from the the um, the story of Creed. You know what I mean? Like then it would have become, you know, the movie where Rocky dies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah I get that. Yeah, which, I was just saying, guys. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I understand. I'm just saying, Rocky needs to die. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I did think I did ask myself that question. I was like, is he actually going to die in this yeah. movie? And thankfully, they didn't go Daniel's route. <laughs> I know. Right? I, I feel the same way. I, I don't think. I really feel like that would would have been weird. Not weird, but like it would have been another like huge blow for us yeah. to like. Oh man, I got to handle this now. You know what I mean? True. Like, yeah, true. I really did, and I think maybe Josh can comment on this i don't know if where he was going with this we talked about the rags to riches it felt i mentioned earlier it, it did feel to me i liked the character's motivation creed's motivation here about there's so many places where he he talked about i don't want to be a mistake he has you know father issues and identity issues and the idea that he you know because when it cuts to that shot after the beginning sequence and he's in this mansion you're like oh whoa i did not expect that and then you realize that this he's doing all of this for no other reason than to to stake his own claim to who he is to find his identity. I thought as a motivation that that was actually very compelling and a new way to look at it. Yes, he wasn't no? looking for his motivation. He was or sorry, he wasn't looking for his identity. He was remaking his father's identity. And that was he he took that on as soon as he got the chance. Like he went out to Philly to make his own way, to not box under his dad's name. And then as soon as he got recruited for a big fight, he was like, well, you know, okay. And then he was in. And so this whole rags to riches thing and the fact that he sets out with this moral grounding of he's going to do things on his own merit, he stops caring almost as soon as the British guy comes to town. And it makes you wonder if he would have sold out even sooner if he knew that the first promoter who found out he was Creed's son, um, if he knew that that fight was going to be promoted as such. Josh, Josh, the only reason why he did that is because everybody knew. Yeah, it was too no, I Yeah, I thought about that part too. And yeah, it, it had come out. But if he, were, if he really came out there intent on making his own way, he wouldn't have done it. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree I, with that too. I totally disagree. I think the reason why he did it is because the only way he could prove himself is if the greedy guy, you know, if he agreed to his his demand. You know what I mean? I mean, he could have he could have said no. Then the guy would have said, "Well, fine, we'll find somebody else. Never mind, not a big deal." But he knew that if he agreed to that, which he didn't really want to do, then um, he would be able to go ahead. 
You mean he didn't want to agree to take on the name? Correct. Okay, okay. I was like, because he definitely wanted to do the fight. Well, sure. Right. Well, that's what he, he, it was more important to him to do the fight than to be so proud that he didn't, again, like there was a beautiful line where they said, are you the son of Creed? Yes. Then this is your name. Own it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's that moment that I was like, okay, that for me, that's where I think he turned the 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 the, the coin where he realized I am Creed and I can take that name and it can be mine and I can make my own name, my own stake in history with that name. Right. I thought that was good. I, 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 don't, do, I don't have a problem with that. Almost his, historically, almost all fight boxing films, the boxer is almost exclusively motivated by getting out of abject poverty to make a, a better life for himself. And the fact that that wasn't the case this time I thought was compelling it's because true. he didn't need the money yeah. at true. all. He was just trying to get out from under the thumbprint of and he was doing well at his his corporate job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I really do feel like that 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 is the, the rags to riches story had already happened. Yeah. Like and he chose not to do boxing. And the boxing thing was a, a choice that he made to prove it to himself that he could. You know what I mean? He could do this without whatever it's just something he was born to do i don't know i really like that i thought that was a really cool way of turning it on its head the the idea of an of an absentee father even if it happens you know later in life like like this boy grew up you know and he's got a mom at a relatively young age and all that stuff the the kinds of things that he said and the way that he reacted um are are true. They rang very true to me as far as the kinds of things that you would do to to make yourself uh, overcome not always having that father presence in your life when you desperately wanted it. And I, that, to me, it rang very true. So I, it worked for me. Yeah, the authenticity of of the characters was just so. It, it just felt so much more true than than most blockbusters, even most indies. I mean, it just the characters felt completely real and authentic. I think it's just a combination of great writing and great performance uh, married together. I thought it was I, th- I thought it was completely uh, sold perfectly. Yeah, I loved it. So beyond the whole um, blood sport thing that I keep harping on, did anyone else get a theme of this movie is about? people following their passion no matter how self-destructive that passion is like bianca's character was thrown in there entirely well her her specific quirk was thrown in there entirely to make self-destructive behavior the self self-destruction that is boxing look not so bad because here's this other self-destructive behavior well she's just following her passion and she knows that that it could result in bad things for her, but she's okay with that because she feels alive. And we're supposed to project that onto boxing. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um, her she's deaf. Yeah, she's going deaf, and she's going deaf because of her music. And she always no, she's that. whoa, no, no, she's not. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> she was born with this. This yeah. is a what? Yes. Yeah. At what point did she say she was born? At with the it? very beginning, it, when she tells him yeah. she has degenerative she says, hearing I have loss, progressive hearing loss. Correct. That doesn't mean she was born with it. She no, didn't that, say I have congenital progressive hearing loss. No, that is what that is the that is what I walked away. That is what I understood that her entire life she had slowly been losing her her hearing loss, and that the, she does this because she's enjoying the 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 year she has with her hearing. Yeah, she even and has she a line it. where she says, "I've known for years that it's going to go away, and I can't 
There's nothing I can do about it. Own yeah. for years is not the same thing as having. You're reading being, a lot into that, Josh. There's yeah, I don't. I disagree I, with that. I, I really do. Okay. I mean, to to suggest that she is making herself go deaf and she doesn't care. That I can't. Even, that's so inconsistent with the character. I, I can't even. It's not that she doesn't care. It's that she loves what she's doing too much. And it, well, mm. to me, the reason I got that out of it is because it fits so well with the other characters in the movie. They know there's the possibility of brain damage. They know there's the possibility of dying in the ring, and they do it anyway because that's what they feel drawn to do. That's right. their passion, I and so ag- that's how it fit into the story. So I got I a question for you, that, Josh. I don't think that's true with the, her character. You feel that way of anything. So even if that is the case. Like, if you're a really great DJ, but you know that you're going deaf, you shouldn't be a DJ? I mean, that's what I, say. I, I didn't necessarily say that. So I if you're really great at boxing... Behavior. And it's, it's your choice. It's sure. your choice. So is it not but okay for I feel for like us? this movie legitimized that choice in a, way that was, in a way that was a little overbearing when you're talking about something like physical violence. I, well, physical violence. This, this, is, this is again like I, 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 I have a, an issue. We, we, you can sit there and say, "Well, let's talk about racing." You know what I mean? Do you have a problem with people racing? I have several problems with people racing. Okay, so Do you, you want just, to talk about them? You're not a fan of, of sport, I don't think. No, <laughs> like, that no, 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 no. Let's let's not go too far. I, I'm not a fan of several things surrounding sport in our culture and of several sports we glorify in our culture. That doesn't mean I'm a, not a fan of sport. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I honestly, th- your viewing of that character, I guess I need to do more research on that. I didn't take that away. I, I took it that she had had a congenital, like an, an a, a uh, this is something that she had been dealing with her entire life uh, and that she knew eventually it was going away and so she was enjoying these twilight years that she had as much as she can and music was something that she loved uh, I, I don't i don't i never understood it that she what she was doing was making things worse um that didn't seem to me to be what they were trying to say but maybe i maybe i just totally missed that and i was reading into it what i wanted to hear um so that's, i don't know that's I, interesting just because i never considered it the other way that's interesting to get the other perspective well and I, that's and I true think, they, they never specified it so you might yeah. be right I, I just I, f- I feel like that would have I don't know maybe, maybe I, I just feel like even if that's true even if that is what they were saying I still feel like the message is justified I really do if you're great at something and you love something and even if it is self destructive if you're if you want to be a scientist and fling yourself through our atmosphere to go to space and risk your life in order to do something that you love that you know may impact others and help others why shouldn't you do that um even if it is boxing in a ring or uh trying to get to mars or playing music or whatever i feel like that's the reason that that's a human thing to want to do is we we have a gift and we should use it even if it is self destructive in some way shape or form why not use that thing to bring as much you know beauty or help or gift or whatever as we possibly can while we have the ability to do so i don't know i think that's a that's a great thing so you you are correct but therein is the insidious little rub um therein lies the problem because if you are really good at something that is self-destructive 
yeah. and only self-destructive. Your exercise of that gift could be, be viewed as sacrificial. If you are really good at something that is both self-destructive in your own psyche or moral fabric or whatever you want to call it, and destructive of others, if you're really good at shooting others, if you're really good at hitting others, what should you do? And no. I, feel, I felt like this movie took the first part and projected it onto the second part and said, that's his calling in, calling in life and that's what he needs to do and therefore this is good. And so he did it in a way that is sanctioned and that was that Correct. he wasn't beating up people on the street. No, no. Well, okay. And that's so true. and that's a different thing which I, I know you that also help. sanction it. I agree. And so this is a fascinating discussion but let me say I'm reading an article from <laughs> Tessa Bianca, her name is Tessa who said, uh, spoke highly of Kugler, who was deeply entrenched in the storyline, creating the character. Bianca is a singer who has been going deaf since birth. Yeah. So there you go. Why, why didn't they say that? That would have helped. They did. Uh, I mean, that's what, it seemed pretty clear to me. Maybe you just didn't hear that line. or She said, I have progressive hearing loss. That's what she said. It's fine. But I think she said ever since Josh, I was a Josh, girl. Josh had, had his, his beliefs about boxing, and he was like, I'm going to exactly. put it everywhere. <laughs> Apply it to everything. <laughs> okay. The projection went the opposite direction. Okay. That's fair. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, right. I think that I think I'm glad. I'm glad, you've, I'm glad you looked that up. No, that was really, yeah, that was really Thank interesting, you. though. That's, that's true, and that just goes to show what people can you Same way. I have my Rocky Rose-colored glasses on. This movie may be terrible. <laughs> it may suck, but I freaking love it. it this so, movie does not suck. It no, is the opposite not, of sucking. It definitely does not. Very good, competent movie. It is. It is. And, and, and it's, actually, I love this. I mean, this is the kind of – I love having conversations. Josh and I, we live together. Way back. Yeah, for we like go. three and a half years. And these are the kind of conversations that we love to have. So – I apologize if you just listened into a one-on-one conversation. This probably even got cut. So anyway, thank <laughs> you for listening. happened at 2 a.m. in our dorm room. It. No one heard it. That's there right. You <laughs> yes. There you go. That's right. All right. Uh, anything else about Creed? Nope. All right. It's a great movie. Go see it. And let's. that's all I have to say. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right. So we teased this on the last episode, and we are back in the main event on this episode to talk about The Man in the High Castle. It's a TV series, but it does have an IMDb description, and the IMDb description is terrible, but here it is. A glimpse into an alternate history of North America. What life after World War II may have been like if the Nazis had won the war? That is terrible. It's really awful. So I think this it's is, accurate, though, so... <laughs> Pretty accurate. It, it is... It's just literal. There's no... It's very... Yeah. Okay. So this is an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick novel um, written originally in 1962, and been adapted by Amazon as part of their original streaming lineup. And so we want to give a general overview. Uh, Most most of us have only seen three or four episodes of this, so we're not going to do any plot twist at the end of the season or anything like that. The entire season's on Amazon Prime. Um, If you don't want to know anything at all about the series, go ahead and watch that first. Come back and listen to us because you know you want to hear what we have to say too. Um, So we're just going to go over our general impressions of the show and of the first three episodes without any really specific plot spoilers. All right, so Mm. here we go. Daniel, what do you think of The Man on the High Castle? Well, uh, it's an interesting show for me. Let's start with the positives. The show looks really incredible. It's definitely very cinematic. It looks... Uh, it's definitely one of the best-looking shows uh, that 
that's on TV right now or, or that that's ever been on TV. It looks really beautiful. And the acting, I think, is, is overall pretty decent. Um, there's no real standouts uh, as far as the cast goes, but there's no there there's nobody who really detracts from it either. And uh, obviously the concept of the show is the most intriguing thing about it. It is really interesting to see America, um, you know, run by Nazis and, and the, the Japanese Empire, uh, whatever they're calling it. So the concept is the thing that really keeps me in there uh, because it's just very intriguing. Um, so it's definitely interesting to watch. Now, I do have to say it's it's a little slow. Um, I've watched four episodes. Well, there's absolutely nothing bad about it or the plot. It is it's. I find it very slow moving. Um, so while we're sitting there on the couch, it's extremely tempting to get distracted uh, by my phone or, or whatever's going on. Um, now, and that's on me, not the show. You know, the slow pacing uh, is, isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. It just takes time to get to the interesting bits. Uh, so for me, it uh, it's a little hard to keep me in. But I'm definitely going to stick with the show. I'm really curious to see where it's going. Uh, I, I do wish it was a little bit more action-oriented, uh, a little more fast-paced. But it's really solid overall and definitely uh, unique enough from other shows out there to, to definitely recommend it. All right, so that is a recommendation only slightly tentative from Daniel. Uh, Chad, what did you think? Well, I generally enjoy high-concept shows like this, and so the premise alone is enough to get me interested. And there's no doubt that Amazon is, like, going all in, guns blazing with their advertising. I'm seeing Men in the High Castle ads everywhere on television. Uh, in print, online, uh, I think they're really trying to mark their territory and show that they, they're in the narrative game as well. Did you hear about them rapping in New York City subway <laughs> in uh, fascist propaganda? I did not, but that's awesome. And then they had to take it down within a day because they got so many. Yeah, I'm sure. What a bad idea. What that's a horrible idea. idea. That's yeah. a great idea. What's wrong with you yes. guys? We're talking about it right now. It's great. So in that, exactly. in that regard, uh, I'm I'm glad that Amazon is stepping up and really trying to. I agree with Daniel that there are moments when watching this where I am struck, even on watching like on a on a mobile device, with how beautiful this this show is. That said, I'm also in agreement that after and I've only seen the first three episodes. I know some of you guys have seen I think one or two more. I'm it, it doesn't really have its hooks in me deeply. Uh, I'm very interested. I like I think the performances in general are, are good. Um there there's some twists and turns that happen specifically in the pilot. I won't go into exactly what it was, but there's some things that happen toward the end of the pilot where I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh wow, here we go." But but I find myself not quite fully embracing it yet. Uh, pacing may be part of that. Uh, it feels a little a little cold, but that said, it's very, very well done, and I'm extremely excited about Amazon continuing to do this level of stuff. I hope that it will pick up. I guess what I'm trying to say is it kind of feels as if, and I don't know how long the the original source material is, but it feels as if they were just determined this is a 10-show thing, and they're, they're kind of stretching out the first five or six episodes, and I'm guessing here, you know, to have that much content, and then as it gets toward the end, it will pick up more, or at least I hope that's what it is, because it feels like it's a little stretched. But overall, I'm in. I really like it. I don't understand five stars here, five stars here, the greatest show I've ever seen. I don't get that yet. Uh, but but I hope I do. I hope I do get there. It's 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 good enough and, and definitely a solid entry for, for Amazon, although I don't love it yet. All right. Another tentative recommendation. I'm assuming that was a recommendation. Oh, yeah. Ab- really? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. 
Alright, so that's 2-4, man, in the high castle. Chris, you love things, so should we just skip you and... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, what, what am I again, Josh? I'm a... You are a lover of loving things. Yes. Chris. Tell us what things you love about Man in the High Castle. Alright, so I, when I was growing up, I had a film <laughs> that I really liked, and it was the concept I really liked. The movie never really executed on the concept, but I thought the concept was so cool that I lived most of my high school and college life always thinking this would be a wonderful story is what would happen if the Nazis won World War II. Did you guys ever see the Philadelphia Experiment 2? Did you guys ever see that movie? Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a direct-to-video deal, but it was really cool. It, I like the idea as a guy um, gets transported through time and ends up in an alternate reality where the Nazis um, had won World War II, but it was modern day, so it was like in the mid-'90s. This, uh, this show does something a little bit different, which I really like a lot. It is a, a period piece set about 20 years after the – um, the fall of the United States, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's an interesting place to put it. And and I would say that that is what they're doing really well right now is setting up a very interesting world. And I think they're doing an excellent job of that. Um, the cinematography, the acting, the the concepts, all that stuff is top notch. I agree with you that it's slow, but I still like the idea that they are letting it be a, a very slow burn where you are getting attached to characters, attached to ideas. You really feel the weight of um, what characters are doing, the choices that they make. There is an episode, I don't know if it's episode three or episode four, that feels like a Western all of a sudden. And they just do some interesting things in this world that, you know, are unexpected and um, no other no other show on television could do right now. You know, I would, I would compare this a lot to like something like not not in any way, shape, or form the content, but just the way that it's being cared for. And that is something like The Walking Dead, where it's very high concept. There's something that is you know you've always wanted to see explored heavily, and they just kind of take their slow time. But it's more about the characters living in this world than it is the action and the world itself, if that makes sense. And I know that they're really wanting these characters for you to be attached to them and like them and want them to succeed. And there's some tense moments. There, There's a few moments in the third or fourth episode where a character decides to do something and you are on the edge of your seat the entire time wondering if he's going to follow through all the way. And so I feel like they're doing a good job of not uh, making this too hokey, building a world and uh, and living in it. So I'm excited about it. I like it quite a bit. Melody and I, my wife and I, are watching it together, and so I don't know. I'm I'm having a good time. I'm loving it, Josh. Are you loving it? Yeah. I realized a second after I said it that I completely missed my opportunity. When you said, what am I? The answer is, you're a cord cutter, Chris. You're a cord cutter. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I'm a cord cover and a lover of things that love. love lover of love, cutting cords. Lover of, yeah, I like it. All right. So now that I have to move on in shame because I completely squandered that. I missed it. Melody, what did you think of Man on the High Castle? You watched it with Chris, so I, I can only... 
assume that it seeped into you through osmosis. <laughs> hey, but can, hold your own, Melody. Um, yeah, I, I like Man in the High Castle. Uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of TV, so the fact that I've watched four episodes of the show, I think, speaks for itself to the quality of the show. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's, like, you know, the most amazing show ever, but I, I am intrigued with the awareness that everyone seems to have of this show. It's definitely like social currency right now. Um, a lot of a lot of people that I know are watching it, and I, I guess that's due to very good advertising, uh, as well as it, it being a pretty decent show to watch. So, I like you guys have said, I feel like I'm interested in it more for the overall story and the and the content of the main plot line rather than being specifically really connected with the characters, which I would love to be maybe a little bit more connected with the characters, but I will probably I will probably finish out this season. So that right there tells you it's it's probably worth the watch. Alright. So that is four thumbs up or eight, depending how you count your thumbs. Um, which leaves me and I'm going to take a step back here, and everyone can argue with me about this later because I feel like it might start some discussion. I have a, I would say it's a complicated relationship with Amazon's streaming offerings, their original stuff, but it's not that complicated because I haven't found a show on Amazon that is compelling enough to keep me around for a whole season yet. They have, they're putting, like Chad said, they're putting their full two barrels into production values and that's great but they always seem to fall flat on either writing or acting talent or something that just makes the show fizzle and i just have no interest in sticking with it this show is a little bit different i hadn't seen all the ads that chad was talking about i literally heard of this show on the last episode of our podcast like i had not heard anything about it at all um and we decided to watch it for this. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I have Amazon Prime. And it's been interesting. As an adaptation of a novel that I haven't read, I am interested more in the world that they're building than the characters themselves. And I think, I think it has something to do with the writing and something to do with the acting. I think it's somewhere in between the two. Uh, the slowness that you guys mentioned doesn't bother me in the least. I'm, uh, I'm all about, like I said in the Captain America thing, slow, deliberate pacing that tells a story and gets its point across and has nuance and all that stuff. So that's fine. I don't mind. Although when an episode starts with 10 minutes of very little dialogue, it's a little jarring, but it still doesn't really bother me. There are parts of this show, and since we have only seen a few episodes... I don't want to go into plot stuff. I, I kind of kept a running diary after I'd watched every episode to say what I thought about that particular episode. But the general gist of it is that in each episode, there was at least one thing or one character that jarred me out of the experience and made me say, why was this done this way? Mm. And the third episode in particular was like this. There was a character that was introduced that... Besides the fact that maybe you're supposed to hate him, maybe you're not, um, I I feel like that character is played so terribly that every time they're on the screen, I just want to not watch the show anymore. Is this the Western episode we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's just, it's bad. I feel like it's, 
it might the lines might be a little stilted themselves, but I feel like the lines could be played in a way that is not as annoying as the way they are played. He felt and, like he was in another another show. It was a little it was a little off putting. I agree with you on that. Yay, I get an agreement from Chris. Yeah. Awesome. So that also cues me that I've been talking long enough and I should wrap up. Um, <laughs> the the general gist of my review is that I think I like the story and the world that they've built enough to stick around and see how the season plays out. But I feel like this is another entry in Amazon's string of outside of great production values being a little bush league, a little obviously second fiddle and the other things that go into making great content. And so I will tentatively recommend the show and I'll see how I feel at the end of 10 episodes. We'll put it that way. Yeah, we should definitely revisit it after we've all, you know. Yeah, seen. yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yep. And let me clarify too. I when you when I said that I felt like it was a little slow, I, I'm not saying that from the standpoint. Of, I'm in agreement with you, Josh. I'm not saying that I want more action beats because I too very much enjoy just simmering in the world and the tone and just trying to immerse myself in whatever the story is that they're trying to tell me. I guess where I'm in agreement with you is that while that is happening, in order that for to for that to truly engage me, the writing has to be written in such a way that I'm compelled just to enjoy that. And I don't think that this has hit that mark for me no, yet. That's but fair. aren't there aren't yeah, there so fair. many like moments though that like uh, like are breadcrumbs that keep you coming back? Like in, let's just talk about the pilot real quick. There's a moment in the pilot. This isn't a spoiler, but it, it's it, it's one of the ways I've told many people about like the tone of this world and to get them thinking a little bit differently. But when uh, one of the characters is driving across the 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 nation. Um, he's stopped by a police officer because, mm-hmm. or you know, he gets a flat tire or whatever. Right. And the police officer is talking with him, and they're having a conversation back and forth. And all of a sudden, it starts to rain ash, and the police officer just offhandedly says, "Oh yeah, that's the hospital. They burn the invalids and the elderly. They're right. a plight on society." Like that moment, like my mind, you just realize the 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 brutalness of the world. That they're living in. I mean, if if you take the Nazi idea to its logical conclusion, you get where we are in the Man in the High Castle, and uh, it's terrifying uh, on that level. It is a terrifying place to be. But then one of the things we haven't actually discussed either is that there is a little bit of a sci-fi element into this um, that is really compelling, and that was what making me want to see the end of this season yeah. like where in the world does that go you know that that's what is most exciting to me is is not only is it just we're living in this dour there's no way that these rebels are going to win or maybe there is because there's this sci-fi concept that that may actually play a big role in in this world sure. i'm gonna yeah. have to ask you what you're talking about when uh when we're not talking about spoilers right yeah what do you mean what i'm talking about what is sci-fi? The film. Oh, dude, the film. That's no, no, no. Actually, no. We should, yeah, we should talk about that. That doesn't feel sci-fi at all to me. No. I, I thought that was very interesting in the sense that it is almost a direct parallel to how ISIS recruits and how 
the Americans in a Nazi regime are viewed as terrorists. And I thought that was that was an interesting side of things. It doesn't feel sci-fi at all to me. Well, how else would well, it Well, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, we should go into spoilers. Yeah, we can't really talk yeah. about that without, without spoilers. Let's, we should go into spoilers, but it's absolutely a sci-fi element. It's Philip K. Dick. This is, this is the point. Um, I think. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not yeah, for sure. I wouldn't, but it, I wouldn't talk in absolutes. I mean, that's a safe assumption. But yeah, my hope, my reading on it was in line with Josh's. I did not view it as sci-fi. I viewed it as something else, which we can't talk about. Well, right I now. definitely bring sci-fi to the table. And so well, as soon as I see that and there's only one explanation for it, you say, oh. There's more okay. than one explanation for it, though. Yeah. Mm, don't think so. I don't think, think so. so. We'll yeah. have to talk about this off the air. No, no, we're talking about this in spoilers. If people would like to listen in because they've watched the first couple episodes, they're more than welcome to. I I'm assuming none of you have read the book. I have not. Yeah, okay. No, I haven't either, no. But obviously a lot of this stuff, a lot of Philip K. Dick's stuff has been translated to film and television, and most of it is just kind of a loose adaptation of his, his work. Because this is, like Josh mentioned, like it was written in the 60s. Right. Um, so a lot of the stuff you know, has changed. Well, to answer your specific question before we give our general thoughts, Chris, I do think that there are enough narrative breadcrumbs to keep me interested. Right. But I'll use a show like the first season of True Detective as a, as, as a comparison. Even though narratively there wasn't a lot of plot advancement every single week, there was just an, it was a wonderful writing and world construction and character uh, interaction that regardless, I was enthralled to be in that world. And in this, this situation, uh, if the, the writing is just not at that caliber where I am. So I do find myself oftentimes waiting for the next narrative development because I'm kind of bored. And that may not be fair, but that's just where I am right now. Yeah, I mean, True Detective is sets a high bar, though. I mean, that, that, that show at least the first season anyway, was all about chewing on the dialogue almost. Um, and I agree with you. That's definitely not – that's not this show. That's, that's absolutely true. So we have talked plenty about this. So I guess we can just wrap up by giving our general thoughts um, and recommendations. So we will start back with Daniel. See it, yes, no, can't see it in the theater, so that question doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think that would help, because I wouldn't be so distracted by the theater. The theater. But yeah, I, I think you should. Uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think you should definitely see Man in the Hot Castle. Uh, I'm only four episodes in, so I don't know how it's going to end, of course, but um, it's an interesting watch. I think Chad said it really nicely when he said that it feels stretched. Uh, narratively, it's, it doesn't feel like it's... Um, what I've seen so far needed to have taken four episodes, but you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely uh, better than a lot of TV out there. So yeah, give it a shot. Why not? All right. So that's a plus from Daniel Chad. That is a fair point. I want to, I want to echo that sentiment is that it is, there is so much worse television to be watched that (laughs) you really should watch this show. It's not, although it's not, it doesn't reach the heights that I that I've had for it yet. You should watch it. It's a it's a good show. All right, Chris. This definitely could be up there. Again, we're only a couple episodes in. This is just our general impression. So by episode ten, I may hate it, but right now there's enough that I am intrigued by that I think if the premise alone interests you, you will enjoy the series, uh, or at least the first few episodes of what I can speak to. So yeah, if, if what we've been talking about, wow, Nazis winning World War II, the United States split into two territories between the Japanese and the Third Reich, 
yeah, that could be a really interesting uh, thing to you know go wrong with the rebels in that. So yeah, if that interests you at all, you're you're gonna like the man in the high castle. All right, Chris took the rebuttal right out of my mouth. So Melody, what did you think? One thing I didn't say before that I was gonna mention was that this this show could be really really dark or really really graphic or really really disturbing uh as someone who likes to kind of protect myself from too much of that i have to say that although there are disturbing and dark and graphic things that happen in this show it doesn't leave me with that yucky feeling that i sometimes get and i think that that may be because they don't show too much of it some of it is is more left to the imagination and and the stuff that they do show I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have a really, really disturbing feel. So, if you're concerned about being sensitive because of the n- nature of what the Nazis did and all of that sort of thing, I would say um, it's still worth the watch. So, yes, thumbs up from me. Unless you're disturbed by swastikas, because there's a lot of swastikas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that leaves me and. You know, I think I'm just going to echo this general, yeah, go watch it, but eh, sentiment that we have going on. And I think that makes five out of five screeners. Has that ever happened that we've all <laughs> agreed in spirit? In spirit. Maybe. And in rarity. It, it, it may possibly very Although well be. I think be. Chris likes it more than that, but we're going to pretend he didn't. Well, it's he's a, a he's a lover of chords or something, <laughs> lover, lover of cutting. Of I forgot. Uh, man, I think that's wrong on all the he's, levels. He's a cutter, that Chris. No, that's not <laughs> accurate either. Gosh, jeez! If you cut one thing, what's stopping you from cutting another? Okay, he just we're, keeps I, on we're going. We're stopping this right he just now. Keeps on going. This is not getting in the show. So, man in a high castle. Go watch it. Um, if you don't have Prime already, I don't know whether we're going to recommend you get Amazon Prime for it, but you probably do have Amazon Prime, I'm assuming, maybe. Why so wouldn't you have Amazon Prime? You should Prime. have Go that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you probably should. All right, so I think that does it for Man in the High Castle. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, guys, up next we have our review of The Good Dinosaur. I think we went far enough today. Let's get you home. We need to get home. I got a job for you. Keep on the dodge and sidle up the lob while they pass them horn heads. What? That creature protected you. What is his name? I don't know. I name him, I keep him. Killer. Ah. Stinky! Violet. Spike! Lunatic! Spot! Spot! Come here, Spot, come here! Well, ain't you just the cutest thing? (laughs) I'm done being scared. If you ain't scared, you ain't alive. The Good Dinosaur is the latest film from Pixar. The IMDb description is an epic journey into the world of dinosaurs where an apatosaurus named Arlo makes an unlikely human friend. So we are super excited to review this for you guys. However, only three of the screeners have seen this film. 
which will make for a shorter discussion. So there's that. Myself, Chris, and Daniel have seen the film. So let's hear from you guys what you thought about The Good Dinosaur. Chris, what did you think? Yeah, I mean... So I have a very high bar of expectation I, I set for Pixar films. And I don't know why that is. I guess it's because most of their movies are just so fantastic. They're well um, well put together. The script is fantastic. The acting is wonderful. The animation is you know above everything else. And I thought The Good Dinosaur was just okay. It was a good adventure film. And uh, you know I took our kids to go see the movie and they had a really good time with it. You know, it's scary at moments. It's beautiful at moments. Well, beautiful all the time. Actually, that's one thing that you can say about this film. It is definitely gorgeous, uh, on every level. But as far as like, a a story goes, I mean, it really is just a, um, a character who gets lost and then has to find his way home again and it is very reminiscent of The Land Before Time or Fifle Goes West or any of those other, I would say, kind of mid-80s um, animation films uh, that we're familiar with. So I felt like I'd seen this movie before, at least the the the, the concepts and the overall story. Um, the way it's put together is wonderful. It is a great film. It's just kind of average. It doesn't really stand out. I don't think I'd really revisit The Good Dinosaur. Um, I would recommend it to people, but I don't think I would ever say that you should see this over any of the other Disney Pixar films, except for maybe Cars 2. <laughs> but other than that, I just feel like it was just a good family action film that really didn't rise above any particular um, standard, I would say. But, you know, it was good. Some of the moments in the film are very surprising uh, and touching. You know, specifically the the human boy character, you know, he never speaks in the film. And so everything is articulated through movement and body language and just some, you know, noises. And his character feels fully fleshed out and real and alive you know, it's, it, it, it's good. It's charming, but it really doesn't rise above in, in any level. All right. All right. Mediocre praise from Chris. I wouldn't Daniel. say mediocre. I would just say it's average. Oh, mediocre makes okay. it sound negative. I wouldn't give it a negative, but mediocre it's average. Hey, I, I, negative, but. I didn't see the movie. I just want to go on record that mediocre and average is the same thing. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel I feel like mediocre Thanks, has a John. negative connotation, whereas the average doesn't necessarily have a negative I mean, connotation. you can make up connotations if you want. That might not be super helpful. All I'm saying <laughs> is that I did not mean to give a negative connotation to the film. Can I just, I'll just that's all I'm putting out there? You that's probably what I'm saying. I did not commentate that you did. You well, probably should have said that said before you gave it a You said mediocre, which I didn't say. So Okay. Well, with that, Daniel, what did you think? <laughs> well, I think average is a, is a really good uh, word for this movie. You know, it, I, I had really high hopes for this one um, just because, as the rest of the world does, I love Pixar. And um, so I thought the trailer looked great. I, I had heard of some behind-the-scenes struggles behind the behind the film. The director was taken off, stuff like that. But I still thought the trailer looked great. And, and that's sort of the one thing about the movie, just like Chris touched on, that's sort of the one thing about the movie that's unequivocal. This film looks amazing. Visually, it's probably the best-looking Pixar film, at least since WALL-E. I mean, it is an incredible-looking movie. Might be the best looking um, animation film ever, actually. Yeah, really. It really might be. It, the, some of the shots, especially some of the lands, landscape shots, looked completely real, like completely and utterly real. It was shocking. And so um, the landscapes, uh, because the visuals were so incredible, it really helped draw me into the story. But 
exactly like Chris was saying, that's the main problem here. The story was, it was just extremely traditional. That's putting it very lightly. It's, there was nothing at all new or unique about the story. And it's sort of shocking how blatantly the film just copies other animated films. I mean, Chris was talking about Land Before Time. I got a lot of um, Lion King and Finding Nemo from it. Other Pixar movies. Oh, yeah. No, Lion King, huge. Yeah, that's right. And so it, it was It was so surprising how much it resembled it. Like, it's not just a little bit, a little themes here or there. I mean, the plot of the movie is the same. It was just very strange. I agree um, with you. Yeah, if this wasn't a Disney Pixar film, I'd be like, ooh, they're going to get sued. It, exactly. It was weird. So the story is nothing to write home about. But even so, it's it's a really uh, it's a really charming film. It's it's got funny moments, got sweet moments. There's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is the characters actually accidentally get sort of high, and that was just shocking to see in an animated film. It was hilarious. So there there were moments in the movie that I really liked. Just like Chris said, I wouldn't revisit this film necessarily. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. It's just shockingly unoriginal, but a beautiful, beautiful movie. I think it's uh, a great film for kids. So yeah, so the humor and visuals save it for me. Definitely make it a positive review, but definitely a lower tier Pixar film. Uh, but obviously much better than than most kids' films out there today. So there so, you go. So mediocre is what you're saying. It's mediocre. <laughs> no, average. I, no, oh, okay. Love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I definitely pretty much agree with you guys. Um, I had high hopes for this, too. Uh, I, I, I was kind of hoping, like, because the trailer didn't give too super much away, like, maybe there was just going to be something really compelling and awesome in this movie. And so we took our kids, of course, to see it. Um, and I was excited to do that because we haven't taken them to the to the theater too many times and like they enjoyed it but I don't think they enjoyed it any more than <laughs> whatever movie we might pull up for them on the Apple TV <laughs> it was definitely beautiful like you guys said I mean there were there were many times in the movie where I just got like lost in the visuals and didn't really care about the story basically everything you guys have said I'd seen it all before there was nothing special I didn't feel emotionally like super connected with any of the characters and I feel like it's it's not one that I'm going to rush to add to the collection of movies for the kids um whereas most of the other Pixar ones I have. So I I it was a bit of a letdown for me. Anything else you guys want to comment on before we go to any spoilers? No, you know, one of the interesting things that you said Melody that I I had not realized or even thought about was that I I'd, I'd only seen the trailers. And I knew nothing else about it. So it would be interesting mm-hmm. to hear the bat- behind-the-scenes stuff that you were talking about, Daniel. Um, but I didn't even realize that the dinosaurs talked until I was sitting in the theater. I, I thought that they, you know, it, it just seemed like it was going to be a silent film, a la, you know, WALL-E or whatever. So I, I wasn't sure, you know, what to expect. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a voiceover or just what it was. And so I, I really did go in almost completely blind uh, and didn't really have a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of expectation. I, I'll say my favorite part of the film, my favorite characters, and I wish we'd have spent more time with them, and maybe even had the entire movie around them. Was the T Rex family? Those mm-hmm. guys were hilarious, and the 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 conceit of the kind of character that they were. I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but what what they're doing and how they're doing it in this world is hilarious and fun. And I really do feel like that was a good story. I wish we'd have spent more time with them. Uh, the voice actor Sam Elliott of the the dad T Rex 
really good. Uh, in fact, my parents came to see it with us as well. It was a whole family affair. <laughs> and that was the one thing that they came out saying too. It was like, man, we really love the voice of the uh, the father T-Rex and that whole family. That was really great. And there's some really good moments. I think that that was where the movie hit its stride. Um, it really did a good job there. And all the other times, it felt very much like Unfortunately, the character did in this, which was kind of meandering and not sure where it was headed and wasn't sure if we'd ever actually find its way home. <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, a little unfortunate for the actual audience, you know. And there's really not much more to say than that. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the, true. The, I don't... the movie is just it is what it is. It's a beautiful film with uh, not much going on inside of it. So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need to go to spoilers. I think go go see it if you've got kids or if you're just a Disney Pixar person. You're not going to be it's not bad. It's right. not awful. It's just, okay, I saw it. Next. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. So Chris votes. Yes, probably see it in the theater. Probably take your kids. Daniel, what do you say? Yeah, I think definitely see it in the theater. And then you probably won't have to see it after that. I mean, the only reason to see this is to see it on a big screen with a really nice looking, uh, a really nice screen. And then you, you know, you'll be done with it. So see it. Yeah. I completely agree. I'd say, like, if you're going to see it, go ahead and, and see it on the best screen you can because it is very beautiful. But like I said, I won't be rushing out to add it to my collection. It's kind of just a one, one-time one wonder. So there you have it, people. The good dinosaur. Are you sure it's not the mediocre dinosaur? <laughs> ah. <laughs> you're listening to The Screeners Podcast. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Screeners. You know, we love to hear from our listeners. And if you'd like to talk about something that you haven't heard us talk about, send us a message and let us know. On Facebook, search for Screeners Podcast. Weekly, we're posting stories, doing polls, asking questions, and we'd love for you to participate. Let us know what you think. Tell us how much you love to hear Chris be a lover of loving things. Tell us how much you love to hear Josh hate things and how you don't like to hear Daniel say anything unless it involves San Andreas. You can also tweet us at ScreenersCast, or you can send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com. And as always, if you like what you hear, please help us by going over to iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. And if you're so inclined, leave us a review, and you can tell us how much you love to hear Melody be right all of the time when she's not typing and writing Christmas cards. We'll see you next time. (laughs) And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.